live from the Raiders practice facility at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. Just win, baby. It's Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. And here's your boy Q. And here we are, live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ, coming to you for the first time in 2021. After a Raiders loss, they fall to the Chargers on Monday Night Football in prime time. They fall and, well, of course, all day today it has been the sky is falling, Derek Carr this, John Gruden that, offensive line this. It has been the... It has been the therapy day, I feel like, here on Raider Nation Radio 920 from the Morning Tailgate Show with Clay Baker, who held it down. Uh, had a lot of ton, tons of calls coming in, uh, a lot of text messages coming in as well on the Salmon Ash text line. Uh, a lot of Raider Nation needing to woosaw, you know, try to get their emotions out and, 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 and be, you know, just relieved of, of what they saw last night and just wanted to, wanted to be heard. And so uh, today is that day. JT the Brick did an exceptional job. Noon to two, holding it down and and hearing from John Gruden as he had his press conference uh, just a little while ago. We heard from him, but hearing from Raider Nation as well. And Raider Nation, this is what it's all about: letting you let it out, let your feelings out. I, I get it. I, I'll tell you this: I like to call this this show today uh, an overreaction day because from what I've been listening to all day long, from the morning tailgate all the way up until right now. I've heard a lot of overreaction. I've heard a lot of people saying some things that were a complete change of, of course, to what they were saying just yesterday on the show about the team, about the quarterback, about the players on the team. I mean, there were so many things that were being said, and this is what happens after a loss. Now, I respect every opinion, but there are certain things that I don't and I won't agree with and I won't let ride if that makes any sense and for anyone who's picking up the phone right now and deciding that they want to call in and talk about Derek Carr is soft because of whatever Joey Bosa said just just don't just don't Derek Carr is not soft Derek Carr was not cradling he was not shook uh, hell, he, he led a, a, a hell of a, a comeback in the second half that damn near, uh, you know, with a couple completions here and there, uh, could have tied the game up. And then we're talking about a whole different story. Now that the team got into a big hole, down 21 nothing, and we know we've been talking about it. They've been playing with fire, getting down 14 nothing, 21 nothing to a really good team is not something that you're going to come back from. When the Chargers put that 21 point up on the board, I felt like it was Madden. Remember Madden back in the day when I still played? 21 nothing, 21 blowout, you're off the sticks. That's what I felt like as I was sitting at the oil last night. I was sitting with some friends that were there, came and hung out, little watch party that we had. Damon, who's in studio right now, he was there. As soon as that 21 hit the, hit the scoreboard, I said, 21 blowout, you know, pass the sticks. Now, to, the, to, to, my, to my surprise, the Raiders made it a game. And, and like I said, had the ball, driving, had an opportunity to go and tie the game. Then we could be having a different conversation today. But there's some narratives that have been thrown out there that are just silly. And I get it, you know, uh, football's an emotional sport. It's only 17 games this season. It's once a week. So, you know, you've been gearing up all week long. You've been hearing about how great the team is. You've been hearing about they're in first place in the AFC West. It's prime time. You've heard everything, every single narrative, and, and you've pumped yourself up as well. So when you come off a loss like that, I get it. You know, when the, when the Raiders lose a game like that, I get it. It's emotional. It is. And it's just, 
It's one of those situations, but there's clearly, through four games, there's a lot of work that the team still needs to do. I'll say this, if we're looking at the glass half full, you go through quarter, when it used to be 16 games, I used to always look at it, I know John Gruden's mentioned it multiple times, he would break up the season in, in, in four quarters, every four games. You know, you go win three out of four every four games, you're having a damn good season. <laughs> you're 12-4 and four at the end of the season. Now, obviously, this year, there's 17 games, but... You know, take it for what it's worth. If you win four games or three out of four games, you're still having a really good season. Even if they were to end up 12-5, and five, it's a really good season, especially off a team that, came, that was 8-8 eight and eight a season ago. So, you know, just going to be here today for the next couple of hours trying to help put things in perspective, try to talk some folks off the ledge, not going to candy coat anything. Something stinks, going to say it stinks. You know, that's fine. That's not a problem. But definitely want to hear from you throughout the course of the show 702-365-9200. I'm not the guy that ever is a, you know undisputed fan. I don't really care what uh, Shannon Sharp has to say about anything. Definitely don't care what Skip Bayless has to say about anything. But I did find it interesting, and I know, DeMond, you have the soundbite. I'm just going to go ahead and start things off with this soundbite, and I never would do this. But I found it interesting. Multiple people have uh, tweeted this soundbite from Shannon Sharp to me, uh, sent it to Raider Nation Radio 920 as well. And I just want to go ahead and, and, and play it. And this goes back to the whole, well, Derek Carr was shook and he cradled and he, he you know, he, 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 he folded up and he, you know, he didn't want to play or what, you know, whatever silly, silly line that, that, that Joey Bosa really got started. And uh, I, I found it interesting what Shannon Sharp, who's never been a guy who's been on the side of anything silver and black at all. We all know that. I found it interesting with what he had to say. So let's go ahead and start the show off with uh, Shannon Sharp responding to Joey Bosa. I don't know how far Joey Bosa goes back, but just go look at what the Giants did to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Look at what the uh, Legion of Boom did to Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl. If you want to beat the court, if you want to be the team that has an elite quarterback, pressure him, hit him in his mouth, and see what happens. Skip, we see Tom Brady now. Is that Tom Brady sees he's going to get sacked? He, he drops. Peyton Manning would drop because I'm going to avoid the big hit. I'm not going to let you put no big hit. Guys looking down the, the barrel of the gun like they used to say, Skip, there's too, there's too great a risk in that. So guys say, you know what? I'm going to live to fight another day. I saw a guy, team get down 21 nothing. He comes out of the half, goes on a six-minute drive, get it to 21-7. They stop him, get the ball back, goes 21-14. Does that look like a guy that curled in the ball to me? It sounds like Joey Bosa sounds like a guy that's not used to winning in the NFL. That's what it sounds like to me because those are things that you say when you win and you haven't won a lot. You won. Accept that. You guys did a great job. But to say Derek Carr is unlike any other quarterback that once you pressure him and you keep pressuring him and you keep pounding him, all of a sudden he's just going to keep standing and keep standing. That's what they say. Al Davis coined it, said it best, Skip. The quarterback must go down and he must go down hard within the first, the first couple of series. And that's what he did. And that's what happened. Um, the offensive line did not give Derek Carr very much time, especially early in the game, the first half. And he went down. And Shannon Sharp right there really broke it down. And again, I'll never refer to Shannon Sharp for just about anything, but I found that to be pretty interesting because he knows, and, and anyone who has watched football long enough knows that any kind of quarterback can get rattled if you're consistently hitting them. I mean, you think about, go back to the Super Bowl not too long ago, you know, just this last Super Bowl that passed. Think, think about how much Tampa Bay had Patrick Mahomes on the, on the run and how much Kansas City recognized that, went out and redid their offensive line so he didn't have to be on the run like that again. You know, that offensive line, if, he, they, if they had a real offensive line, maybe that Super Bowl turns out to be a little bit different. Obviously, we don't know. Tampa Bay had a damn good defense. They held it down. But 
I mean, any quarterback, I don't care who you are in the league, you're going to be affected if you're consistently ha- having a guy in your face hitting, a, hitting you and, and, and just, you know, that's just, just what it is. So I wanted to go ahead and, and, and just drop that to start the show. Uh, got a couple good guests coming up on today's show that I'm excited about. And of course, as I mentioned before, I want to hear from you, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200. We'll do this one day. We'll do this one day where we, you know, sound off, get your feelings out, and then boom, it's a short week. You turn your attention to the Chicago Bears. I used to work with a guy in, uh, in Central Texas who was a, a, a former coach turned broadcaster, and one of the things he used to tell me all the time on the broadcast, and I'll never, ever get this out of my head, he used to always say, Q, you cannot allow a loss to beat you twice. You cannot do that. You get, you get a loss, you go look at the film, you realize what you did wrong, you roll it up, you throw it in the trash, and you move forward. So that's what we're going to do right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. As far as unnecessary roughness goes, we're not going to allow this loss to linger all week long here on this show. We're just not. I'm going to do it today. going to let you go ahead and woosaw, get it on out, and then boom, immediately turn the attention to the Chicago Bears because that's a tough team coming to town knowing that the offensive line for the Raiders is, is banged up and it's not really good right now. It's just not. I got the pro football focus grades for them. I'll, I'll break those to you. I'll give those to you in just a few minutes. But I do want to hear from you, and I do want to tell you the guests that are coming up on the show. At 2.30, Taylor Bishotti from NFL Network. She was actually on the sidelines last night at SoFi Stadium. Uh, she covered the game like a glove. She'll join us to t- talk about what she saw, uh, what her thoughts are from the Chargers side of things and from the Raiders side of things, and from SoFi Stadium, beautiful stadium that had a weather delay. I thought that the game, I said it when I was at the Oyo. As soon as they had a weather delay, I said, this is a weird night. I didn't know who it was going to favor or what it was going to favor or what that weird night was going to turn into, but I felt like it was a weird night immediately when there was a weather delay in a dome stadium with no sides. <laughs> and I've been there, so I realized as soon as they said that it was in a weather delay and, and, and uh, the lightning struck, I already knew, okay, I get it, because it's, it's open air. It's open air, and you, you can't have that. So that delayed the game, and it already kind of felt – you know, it's almost like uh, Halloween came a little early, <laughs> you know. So uh, that was one of the first signs that I had that it was going to be one of those weird nights. And that's exactly what it was. Seems like the, the Raiders never came out the locker room uh, for the second time. They were out there warming up. They had to go back in because of the lightning delay. It just seemed like in the first half they really didn't come back out. Now, the defense did their job, held, held, held them in check for the most part where they were able to still get back in, into the game. But the offense just wasn't able to get going, especially early on. Also, as we do each and every Tuesday, uh, we have the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award. Uh, Coach Brian Castro from Green Valley High School, uh, he was the winner this past week. Uh, his team came up with a 21-14 victory. And look, these guys were down 14-0 at halftime. You know, they, they pulled the Raiders where they were down 14-0 at halftime. They came back and got a, a, a big victory, a, a league play victory, 21-14. to So their defense pitched a, a shutout in the second half, and they got a victory, the first one in, in, in conference play where it's most important. So uh, we'll talk to Coach Brian Castro coming up at 3.20. Excuse me. Taylor Biscotti from uh, NFL Network at 2.30 and Coach Brian Castro, Green Valley High School at 3.20. But uh, Raider Nation, as mentioned, I do want to hear from you. Again, 702-365-9200. Let's Let's go out to uh, Sacramento, California, the 916. Travel, you're on Raider Nation Radio 920. What's on your mind? How's it going, Q? Chilling, man, chilling. Good, good. So um, I was at my pop's house. We was watching the game together. I was like, hey, pop's cut the game on. He cuts the game on. I see the weather delay. I'm like, why? Is, I'm thinking the same thing everybody else. Why is there a weather delay? And when I saw the lightning strike, and I'm sure a lot of Raider Nation felt this, I felt like it was a bad omen. Mm-hmm. 
freaking <laughs> the Chargers was in there talking to Thor, talking to Zeus, trying to charge up just to beat us. And I'm 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 okay with it. I'm okay with the loss. It's not one of those must-win games we will be talking about. I don't subscribe to that. I'm, I'm really not upset with the loss. I'm actually kind of happy we got the first loss out the way. So all the undefeated talks go out the window because every team is bound to lose one. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not terribly mad about the loss. Uh, I'm just like the Chargers, they exposed our weakest link, which is our offensive line pretty right. much. We couldn't get nothing going. We couldn't get the run going. couldn't get the pass going. I saw offensive linemen looking at each other because they didn't know what they were supposed to do. I forgot who it was next to Leatherwood. They looked so confused on one play before Derek hiked the ball, and I was like, this is just overall just a not well-put-together offensive line unit right now. Uh, they need to, some time to gel. We don't have none of the starters. Defensive players was dropping left and right. And the funniest thing of the night was Amit Robinson lined up on, uh, what's his name again? Uh, Keith, do you know his name? The, the receiver for the... the uh, Mike Williams or Keenan Allen? Mike Mike Williams. I mean, Robinson lined up on Mike Williams. It was the funniest matchup. It was like David and Goliath, and I don't. I'm shocked that they didn't expose that because I would have been targeting him all night with Amik on him. Amik's a dog. I like him, but it just all together was not a well put together uh, game. Uh, but that's just all. But I'm not mad about it. Let's get to the Bears. I'm not. No, I'm not going to stress about it. It's not the end of the world. It's just a loss. We're still three and one. That's still great. We we can another three and one until the bye week. The, the, I'll take it. I don't care. Right. Yeah, that's a good perspective, man. That's a good perspective. Again, I didn't think any team was going to be undefeated like you mentioned, and uh, I didn't think that the Raiders were going to be undefeated. Uh, it wasn't very promising the way that they started. They've got to figure that out. It's been uh, four games now that they – well, really three three games that they started off slow. The Pittsburgh game, I'll say they started off slow, but they I felt like they were just the better team that day anyway, so I won't really count that one. But, yeah, I mean, they've started off slow, and the offensive line's not looking good. So that's two areas of concern that that's got to get cleaned up. I mentioned on, uh, on Monday uh, I would like to see the run game get going, and it just didn't. You know, a team that didn't have a very good run defense uh, only gave up about 50 yards on the ground. I mean, that's just that, – I, I didn't think that that was okay. And that's, that's something that John Gruden mentioned a little while ago. they got to get that going, and they do. And I get it. A lot of people saying, Q, just throw the ball around the yard and, and, and set up the run later. You know, I, like, I get it. But you also have a leaky offensive line, so you're setting Derek Carr up for failure. You're setting him up for, so it's like you, you're, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. I guarantee you, I don't care how leaky the offensive line is – Offensive linemen like to block downhill. They rather run block than they do pass block. And if they're struggling to pass block, you've got to be able to run the rock. And then you've got to loosen things up. You've got to be able to not allow those, those, uh, those pass rushers to just pin their ears back and get after the quarterback. And that's what they did. They had no concern about the run because the run wasn't effective. Just wasn't working. So uh, thank you for that call, man. We do appreciate you. Let's go out to Kyle. Kyle, you're on Unnecessary Roughness. What's on your mind this afternoon? Hi, Q. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I love the show. You guys rock. But um, everybody's saying Derek quit last night. or Like, the Bosa comments are – it's just trash to me because I would rather him take that sack right there because we were still, in my opinion, field goal range. You don't want to lose more yardage. You don't want to take a chance and fumble the ball. We had all the momentum on our side. I don't hate that sack. I thought that was a very smart play. And he literally was in the center, tried to get in the center of the hatches. I I thought that was actually brilliant when no one was open. They were bracketing uh, Waller, and they were also bracketing uh, uh, Renfro. So he had nowhere to go, really. And secondly, the resiliency of this team, yes, we lost. We were down 21-0 at halftime. I put on my Twitter, I was like, I don't think there's any way we come back. 
But what do they do? They come back. They scored 14 points in the third quarter. We were driving early in the fourth. That's resiliency. This time last year, we would have lost that game easily, 42-6, to 42-3. I, I, I like this team a lot more. I have more faith in them. I am worried about the Bears game because their their defense is legit. I yep. don't care what anybody says. Yep. I'm worried. And, and honestly, I'd rather play any Dalton than Justin Fields. Yeah, he Agreed. had a terrible start week one. <laughs> Agreed. But he, he balled out week two because of the second time he started mm-hmm. on week two, but last week because they actually played to his strengths this time. Right. I just I, – I, I am nervous for this game because of previous years, but the resiliency I've seen where they just didn't – you know, go into locker room and come out with their heads down. They balled. They came back. They played a damn good third quarter, and they played good in the uh, opening of the fourth. Things didn't go our way this time. Congratulations to the Chargers. They were the better team. But And I looked at my dad, just like the previous caller, I looked at my dad when that lightning strike and that weather delay. I said, this is a bad omen. I mm-hmm. said, I don't like the way this is going. Right. Um, I felt the same way. But the resiliency, in my opinion, the resiliency issue, I, I just I really appreciate them fighting. And I really appreciate Derek Carr. I, in my opinion, I've been very critical over Derek. I was a big supporter. 2016 happened. And then after that, he didn't, he didn't look the same to me. I'm not a coach. I'm not a scout. But he just didn't look the same. Mm-hmm. But he's looked really, really good this year, really sharp, like, in my opinion, like the 2016 car. And, Hats off to him. I, I I think he played as good as he could. I would not want to be back there behind that offense line getting destroyed all night. No, no, not at all. Yeah, but thank you for taking my call. Uh, go Raiders! We got to get this win. It's I, I want to see us bounce back this week. I don't care if we win by a point. I just want to win. Four and one. If you told me we could be three and one, if you told any Raider fan we could be three and one at this point, they would all take it. Right. But we were three and zero, so they wanted that extra win. I get it. I did too. But I'll take three and one instead of one and three or two and two. Three and one sounds a lot better. No doubt. Hey, good call, Kyle. We appreciate that. And yeah, man. At the end of the day, again, three and one is not too shabby at all. And of course, you want to continue to win. You don't want to take a L. You want to win as many games as possible. And look, that's a very winnable game last night. It's just the Raiders didn't. You know, they didn't. They didn't hold up their end of the bargain. Raider Nation held up their end of the bargain. They showed up to SoFi Stadium to show out. You know, they did. They did their job. But uh, the Raiders just weren't able to get it done. It was just. It was a bad day at the office. It really was. And that was a really good call, Kyle. I do appreciate it. Uh, and and I mentioned it multiple times that when that lightning strike hit. I I, I did. I felt like something was was going to be strange. You know, I said it at, at, at the Oyo. Hey, this is that's a sign. I didn't know what the sign was going to mean, but I felt like it was some kind of sign. And let me tell you real quick before we get to one more call. Offensive line grades, according to Pro Football Focus, Colton Miller, 72.1, ranking 16th out of 73 potential left tackles in the league. Left guard, John Simpson, 46.8. He's ranked 67 out of 75 potential uh, left guards in the league. Center Andre James, 38.8. His pro football focus ranking, 33 out of 33. He's a 33rd ranked center in the league. Right guard, Jermaine Illuminor, 57.9. 48th ranked right guard in the league out of 75. And right tackle, Alex Leatherwood, 31.1. His ranking, 73rd out of 73. So, yeah. You want to talk about D.C., you want to talk about the lack of the run game, and I don't mean you, I'm just saying in general, it starts up front. We had a couple callers on Monday say it's gonna this game's gonna come down to the trenches, and they were spot on. It came down to the trenches, and for the Raiders offensively, 
they weren't able to win in the trenches. Let's go back out to the Raider Nation listener line real quick and get to Raider Goos or Gons, uh, Raider G's. Let's call them Raider G's. You're on Unnecessary Roughness. What's on your mind? Yeah, yeah Raider Goos from 559. What's up, Q? What's up, boss? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and my son went to the game yesterday. I, I all the callers before me had the same points what I was going to make that lightning strike and all that stuff. That offensive line, man. Uh, I read all day comments today saying about you know DC this, DC that. Man, he had no time in that first half. No right. time to pass it in the first half. And second half, he came out balling. Uh, third quarter, we were just too much of it a hole to, to even come back. We did have our opportunity in the third quarter to tie it up, but you know we were too much in the hole. It should have never been that way. I mean, but but let's 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 be honest. Three and one. It's going into Chicago. We have a real opportunity to become four and right now, and it's not, it's not too bad. Not too bad. But I do want to say a side note. Uh, LA. I, I now I know the reason why the NFL did not want the Raiders in LA is because of uh, fights. I saw probably about twenty fights in, in my section. Mm. Beer games thrown on people. Uh, now I understand, but hey, it's no biggie. Right. All right. Well, good stuff, man. Thank you for the call. And uh, unfortunately, you and your son had to go witness a L, but uh, I'm sure that you had a really good uh, experience as well. I'm glad you guys didn't get involved in any of the fights. And look, a lot of the times when you see fights in the stands, it's not because of the team that's there. It's not because of the fans. It's because of the liquid courage that the fans are drinking. That's 99% of the time the reason why you see all those fights. So that's why a lot of times you'll see stadiums start cutting folks off at a certain time. Uh, you know, and hey, some, some fan base, especially in LA, I could see it getting a little, a little froggy like that, especially with the Chargers winning the game. I'm sure there were some Charger fans that were popping off, and I'm sure there was a lot of Raider Nation that was popping off. So uh, that liquid courage, man, that'll make you do some crazy things. You know, I mean, good and bad. Uh, usually it ends up being bad, though. So uh, that's that's usually where those fights come from is that liquid courage. And, uh, Damon, you said we have one more caller that we wanted to get to off the Raider Nation listener line. Let's go to Tim in Lubbock, Texas. You're on Unnecessary Roughness. What's on your mind? Hello, guys. How y'all doing? Good. How you doing, my man? We're not going to be 70, no, like I thought we were going to be. <laughs> but at least we'll be 6-1. and one. Okay. But my thing is that um, – um, it's just it's just like y'all already kind of stole my thunder a little bit. Our problem was the offensive line. I mean, every I think we we played. Uh, there's nothing wrong with Derek. I'm not worried about uh what Bosa had to say about. It. He probably won't even finish the season. He'll get hurt like he usually do anyway. So I ain't worried about what Bosa say. But uh, our offensive line, man, it's just. I mean that we we got behind because of the offensive line. I mean, that was just like from, from the point, I mean, I mean, just from the beginning. The offensive line messed us up from the beginning. And I thought, I mean, I really want to go. I really pull him for Leatherwood. I really pull him for him because I know he's athletic and I know he's good, but he is having problems with speed rushes. Mm-hmm. And we, we, he gonna, we might have to end up putting him at right guard or something because uh, – and then on the other side with, with uh, Colton Miller – I mean, he's not as bad, but he ain't he ain't been off the chain either. The offensive line is just is if the offensive line got us behind last night. That 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 was really the culprit. Is that offensive line kind of got us behind? And then uh, Gruden, I, I mean, I know Gruden is off the chain uh, at, uh, on offense and stuff, but uh, he the, the he gonna have to bring that run game to life a little bit itself because. That's one thing that those guys can do is is run block, mm-hmm. but um, he's just he's not doing it on the consistent. I think he done got a little pass happy with Carson. You know, with Carson doing 
Charles Carr can't throw that ball, and I think Gruden kind of got enamored with that, and then kind of got away from the running game a little bit. But the, but but anyway, the offensive line is they they they, they kind of messed us up from the start. They did better in the second half, but they kind of messed us up from the start. No doubt. No doubt. Thank you, Tim, for that call. I appreciate you. And yeah, it does. It goes back to the basics. It goes back to offensive line, and I agree with you 100%. That offense, that uh, that run game's got to get kick-started, and uh, it just hasn't happened yet, and they need to find a way to get it going. Uh, you know, Josh Jacobs was uh, back. That was nice to see him return. Uh, then Peyton Barber gets injured. You know, I mean, there's just so many injuries to that the Raiders are dealing with right now, potentially some really big-time injuries. So uh, we'll get back to that. We'll probably play a little bit of John Gruden sound as well. But coming up next, uh, we're going to turn our attention to the NFL Network. Taylor Bashadi, she was on the sidelines yesterday for the Raiders and the Chargers at SoFi Stadium. She'll give us her thoughts, what she saw, what she's thinking uh, about the weather delay inside the stadium there. Uh, we'll get all of that from Taylor. We'll do that next here on Unnecessary Roughness, live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. We have dogs out there that's ready to hunt. Uh, they're ready for this game. They're excited for it. And I'm excited to see them hunt. Now, I told our players, you need to be more like a dog. We don't need a bunch of cats in here. Yeah, looking in the mirror. Do I look good? I got my extra bands on. I got my other shoes on. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Doing it live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ, following a loss for the first time in the 2021 season. The Raiders fall to the Chargers 28-14 at SoFi Stadium. And a young lady that was on the sidelines there for the NFL Network, Taylor Bashadi, she is on the phone lines now. And Taylor, we do appreciate your time this afternoon. And uh, the game just kind of got off to a weird start last night before it even got started with the whole weather delay inside the, the stadium there. Of course, it's open-aired, but... What were your thoughts just seeing a weather delay inside of that beautiful SoFi Stadium? It was bizarre. I have to say it was probably the weirdest start to a game that I've seen in a long time. We were we had just left the field and got up to the press box and were you know waiting for them to kick off and get going. And all of a sudden, we're hearing announcements. Actually, we heard it first through ESPN that the game was going to be delayed. And it was a little bizarre because we are indoors. But I guess because it is kind of an open-air stadium with you know part of the concourses being a little bit open, it... I guess that's why it had to be delayed, but it was an interesting start to the game. Yeah, it just it kind of gave me that bizarre feeling, and I thought that that was a weird, strange vibe, and I didn't know which which way it was going to lean. But do you think that you know, with the Raiders being out on the field and having to go back into the locker room, and the Chargers apparently hadn't come out the locker room yet, do you think that had any kind of effect, maybe, with the Raiders getting jump started again? Uh, I mean, no, I don't, I don't okay. think so. I gotcha. think that both both teams probably had to you know, feel the same kind of like they were, I think both teams were very confused and wondering what was going on. I spoke to Austin Eckler after after the game and he's like, yeah, we had never seen anything. We had no idea what was happening. (laughs) So I think that of course, you know, in an ideal world, it would be the same routine kickoff, but both teams came back out onto the field and had plenty of time to warm up before the actual kickoff of the game. But what kind of jumping off of what you said, it has been an issue for the Raiders just kind of scoring on that first possession and really starting off the game strong in their last, or 10 straight games they haven't scored on their first possession. And you're wondering why can't they get started earlier because they are so good in the second half of the game and especially in that fourth quarter usually. 
Right, right. And they, I mean, they made a game out of it. And I'll tell you, at halftime, 21 nothing. I'm thinking, all right, it's like the old school Madden. You're off the sticks. Game's over. You know, <laughs> and, and they made a game out of it. You, you know, so you got to give them a lot of credit. What did you feel as far as the atmosphere being there? Of course, a lot of Charger fans, a lot of Raider Nation was there representing. Just what was the energy like there? Look, I mean, the Raiders fans, they're known for traveling no matter where the game is. They have such an incredible fan base. It's a fan base that I admire because of how well they travel and how much they support their team. So there was a lot of black and silver in the, in the stands, in the stadium. But, you know, there is a huge narrative, especially that the Chargers don't have that many fans. And I was impressed with the turnout that the Chargers had yesterday, too. So I felt like it was, you know, there was definitely more Raiders fans than Chargers, absolutely. But there was a good mix. So right. it was great to see it from both sides. The atmosphere was energetic. I mean, everybody was excited to be at the game, and you could definitely kind of feel the pendulum swing once the Raiders kind of started to come back because I covered the Chargers the last couple of years, and it's not always been that, you know, when the other team starts to come back that they end up pulling out a win. Um, they're usually on the other side of that and usually find a way to lose. So you could definitely feel that the Raiders were going to come back and it wouldn't have been a surprise had they gone down and, you know, scored and won the game. Right. <laughs> I just think that all over, I, I think all over the, I don't think the Raiders were clicking, but, you know, they obviously had a few injuries, Peyton Barber, Casey Hayward, some of their corners got injured. So I think that was something that threw them off. And I think that a lot of people don't give credit. The Chargers are a really, really good team. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got two huge wins now against the Raiders and the Chiefs. So I think that it's a, a, it's a little bit of a mix of both. I still am, super optimistic and I think the Raiders have a bright future this season. I mean, this season we're only in week week four, so right. they still have a lot to look forward to. Yeah, no, no doubt, of, no doubt about that. <laughs> we're talking right now with Taylor Bishotti from the NFL Network, and, and you, you know, I kind of want to expand on what you were saying about the Raiders and the Chargers. They're coming off two big wins, uh, the Chiefs and the, and the Raiders. Uh, but the AFC West in general, I mean, you got two teams that are three and one, or you got three teams, excuse me, that are three and one, and then the Chiefs at two and two. What do you think of just the division in general? I think it's. I think the AFC West and I think the NFC West are the two best divisions in football right now. No, no questions asked. They're the toughest divisions, the best divisions all around. So it's going to be hard. I think that it's definitely possible that three teams make it to the playoffs from both those divisions um, since they have expanded it. One, one obviously could get in as a wild card. But as of right now, heading into Week Five, those two divisions look like the toughest. I mean, most physical divisions in football. Yeah, it, it really does, and it's it's funny that they're both in the West. You know, the NFC West and the AFC mm-hmm. West, as you mentioned. At what point in the season, when you cover football and all the work that you do there at the NFL Network, you do a great job, at what point of the season do you feel like, okay, I know exactly who this team really is now? You know, like how many games need to be under their belt before you get a great idea of who these teams are? Gosh, that's a good question. I mean, I think that there's always surprises because anything, I mean, as, as it, the expression is, if anything can happen on any given Sunday – and it all depends because, you know, we see, we even saw it, what was it, last year when the Jets, the winless Jets, upset the Rams. <laughs> you know, right. you just never know. I think that any team has the talent and capability of going out there and beating a team. But I think that, you know, probably halfway through the season, eight games in, you know where a team stands. I think that right now we're already kind of starting to see the puzzle pieces come together and you, you know that which teams are strong and which teams have big issues and deficiencies. 
Right, right. And the Chargers, I mean, a really good team. And you mentioned earlier, you know, a lot of a lot of Raider fans were kind of, I don't want to say underestimating the Chargers, but thought it was just going to be the same old Chargers or, or what they, you know, feel like uh, they are as a team that, you know, like you say, gets up early sometimes and then folds at the end. But they are a really good team with that really strong pass rush. And they were really owning the Raiders offensive line last night. I mean, that's yeah. if, if the offensive line isn't holding up, I mean, Derek Carr is not going to have a lot of time to do anything, and he still was able to make something in the second half. So I gave him a lot of credit for that, but that offensive line, you're not going to win a lot of games like that. No, no, no quarterback is going to be successful when the offensive line is collapsing around him, and that's kind of what it seemed was happening for Derek Carr. At some points he was running for his life, and I think that another thing that the Raiders had a hard time doing was stopping the run. Mm-hmm. You know, Austin Eckler had 168 yards on the ground. He averaged four, 4.9 yards per carry. He was impossible to stop, it seemed like. So that, that also seemed to be a big issue for the Raiders. But if Derek Carr had more time, there is no doubt in my mind that he would have been able to probably pull off a miraculous fourth quarter, fourth quarter win like he usually does. You know, it, it looked like it. It really did. It looked like it for a quick minute he was going to be able to pull that off. One of the biggest keys for me to the game was I thought that the Raiders were going to have to establish the run because the Chargers were struggling and stopping the run, but they weren't able to get mm-hmm. things going. Uh, what what was it that the Chargers did so well to be able to, to bog down the, the Raiders' run attack? I think they've got a strong defense, but I think that it was also a little bit. I don't think that Josh Jacobs necessarily looked 100%. I spoke to Greg Olson, uh, the Raiders' offensive coordinator, this past weekend just doing a you know, a quick phone call just to touch base on any of the happenings of the game. And I was able to catch up with him before the game, too. And he said it wasn't necessarily a pain issue for Josh Jacobs. It was more so just getting him back into game shape. I mean, I think that we underestimate just how hard it is to be in game shape and to not be winded. That Those are long games. It's a lot of time on the ground. And that's, you know, it's something that we don't necessarily think of, that is that when you take two weeks off that you've got to recondition your body. And so that seemed to be the biggest kind of like concern for Greg Olson and so I think that that probably played a little bit of a factor and he did mention before the game that he wanted Peyton Barber and Josh Jacobs to kind of serve the one-two punch and to utilize both running backs and because Peyton Barber got injured so early on he wasn't able to do that so I do think that that probably put a little bit of a strain on Jacobs because he wasn't fully ready for that yet. Yeah, it looked like it, and I think that that's a good point, that conditioning right there is something that, especially early on in the season, we're talking right now with Taylor Bishotti from NFL Network, and Taylor, I just got a couple more questions for you, and it's about the Chargers. Uh, What do you think of uh, first-year head coach uh, Brandon Staley, what he's been able to do? He's been a very aggressive head coach so far early in the season. Uh, That is the understatement of the century. All those (laughs) fourth downs that he goes for it on, I'm like, I've never seen a head coach do it before, but... I can't say enough positive things about Brandon Staley, even just sitting there in the media room with him when he comes and does, you know, pre-practice or pre-walkthrough, post-walkthrough talks with the media. He is one of the most, like, admirable people. I feel like I get out of a TED talk every time I listen to him (laughs) talk. He makes you want to run through a wall. His ability to communicate and connect with the players is, I mean, you just you listen to the players talk about it. You can see it. He's really instilled almost teaching players the whys of why they do things a certain way. Rather than just saying, you know, two plus two equals four, he actually takes the time to explain why they're doing this play this way, teaching the what this means if they do it that way. And he said, yeah, it might take a little bit more time up front, but in the long run, then they believe. They know that they're fighting for the same cause. They understand what they're doing. They're all working on the same team to get to the ultimate end goal. And his ability to communicate with, you know, Derwin James, Joey Bosa, you know, very 
bold personalities and, you know, players that have already established themselves and established what they can do, it's hard. And he's absolutely done it. Every single player that I have talked to just can't rave and say enough positive things about him. He is going to be a head coach for a long time. The Chargers found a, a diamond in him. It looks like it. it really does. You know, going from the Rams as the defensive coordinator to now the Chargers head coach, uh, it looks like they really do have a good one. And, and Taylor, final question for you. I mean, if you look at the AFC West, uh, of course, there's questions in Denver about the quarterback situation long term. But of course, the Chiefs, they have Patrick Mahomes. Uh, the Chargers have Justin Herbert. Derek Carr is the Raiders uh, quarterback. Those are some really good quarterbacks in the AFC West. What have you thought about Justin Herbert in year two? I think he's looked fantastic. I think that he is showing signs that he's going to be the next Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be an interesting, I think, next 10 years watching that battle between those two quarterbacks. And I think that a lot of the AFC West, you've got to think about it, because their offenses are all so strong, it's really going to come down to the defenses and which defenses can stand out and find a way to stop, you know, the other strong offenses that these teams have. If you think about the Raiders, you know, they've got so many weapons on offense. And Chargers have so many weapons on offense. The Broncos even have a lot of weapons on offense, so it's really going to come down to something where the teams that are going to be able to stand out and differentiate themselves, it's going to be defense, which that's not really talked about enough yet recently because I feel like it's all offense, offense, offense because of these you know, huge passing yard games. Right, and you know that's why the Raiders were able to get back in that game is because the defense made some plays. I mean, you know, so yeah. they were able to get off the field and get the ball back to Derek Carr. So, uh, yeah, that that's great stuff, and, and you do a fantastic job, as I mentioned, at NFL Network, uh, doing your job on the sideline and just covering the league like a glove. And, and I also wanted to thank you and appreciate you for uh, coming on here on your birthday. And my mama, oh, she, no, she gave me – me. <laughs> Absolutely. My mom gave me my some great – My voice is a little shot from the game last night, but <laughs> – It's all good. It's Hey, it's your birthday. You're supposed to be able to have a, a, a little, you know, shot voice from uh, from the night before. And then, of course, like I said, it's your birthday, so you're supposed to celebrate a little bit. <laughs> well, thank you. I wish I was in Vegas for it. <laughs> I heard that. Well, have a good one, and we appreciate you. Thank you. No doubt about it. There she goes, Taylor Bashadi from the NFL Network. It's her birthday, and I was going to tell her that my mom did, uh, did me a, a solid and let me know that you never ask a woman her age. So I'm just going to assume that Taylor is 21 again, as she said that she uh, you know, wants to be in Vegas to celebrate her birthday. So uh, we'll just give her a happy 21st birthday. And again, she does a great job at NFL Network, uh, was on the sidelines there for the Chargers and Raiders Monday night football game. Of course, the Chargers win 28-14. to 2.43 is the time. We'll come back. You know what we're going to do, DeMond? This is what I want to do. I want you to go ahead and, and clear out the, the, the Raider Nation listener lines because I want to give something out real quick. I want to make someone's day a little bit better. How about we give out a pair of tickets to the Shriners Golf Tournament coming up uh, this weekend. JT the Bricks actually going to be broadcasting live there on Thursday. Uh, then Ed Graney and Tyler Bishop from the press, press Box on ESPN Las Vegas. Our sister station will be broadcasting live on Friday. We got a pair of tickets to for you right now. So hit us up at 702-365-9200. DeMond is looking for caller number nine to get hooked up with a pair of tickets again. The Shriners Golf Tournament going down this weekend. You want to be there. We got your tickets. It's 244. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's YQ. Of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work. And the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q.
You know, it's funny, and uh, I, I love hearing that drop right there from uh, Lester Hayes talking about train your body and train your brain. But now, unfortunately, every time I hear that, and it's not, it's not a knock on him, I'm always going to think of Raider Reggie. Raider Reggie called in yesterday's show, and he kind of did that and sounded almost spot on and talked about him, you know, sounded like his old, his old uh, family member. And so now that's all I could think of. Now I'm thinking of uh, one of my family members, like one of my family members that has me in the back room, you know, at a family barbecue or something. It's like, son, son, come on back here. Let me talk to you. Son, let me – I heard something when – actually, this in my family – and my mama Q is listening, so she could probably correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like that that would have probably been my grandmother. My grandmother always had a lot of good advice. No matter how she delivered it, she always had good advice. She was very blunt about things. She didn't really pull any punches. But I think that she would have really, especially after, you know, maybe a little uh, get-together at the house and, you know, maybe a, a couple little cocktails or whatever, and she kind of take me to the back room. Son, come here. Come here. I heard you weren't doing too good in school. Let me, let me, let me, let me tell you what you need to do. And then just kind of sit me down. She used to call me. Demond, I don't know if you ever had a grandmother that used to do this. She used to call the house at like 6 a.m. on a school day. I'm still, I'm still asleep. All of a sudden the phone rings. And, you know, you get worried in, when the house phone. Well, you probably didn't even have no house phone. Hell, you can't even find your cell phone half the time. So you probably never had this problem. But, yeah, my grandmother used to call at like 6 in the morning. And I think that she wants to talk to uh, my mom. And she said, no, son, I called to talk to you. And I'm like, oh, man, I know I did it now. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> what am I about to get into? But, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I think of now. I think of Raider Reggie, and I think of some family member that's pulling me into the back room at the barbecue and just kind of telling me, you got to train your body and train your brain. I, I, I like that. I like that. That's, that's, that's never ever going to get old. I do want to give a big shout out to my guy Ray from Northtown who uh, got hooked up with a pair of tickets to the Shriners uh, golf tournament going on later on this week. Uh, have a good time out there, my man. It should be a lot of fun. That's a big time tournament coming to town. And uh, so you get your opportunity to go out there. And Well, the weather's not too hot. <laughs> you know, it's not too hot anymore. So you should enjoy it. Uh, have a good time. Make sure you come pick up those tickets so you can go and enjoy that. We also have a lot of good text messages 69187, keyword R&R. We call that the Salmon Ash text line. I always tell you, the text line is not official like a referee's whistle until Tom chimes in. And Tom has chimed in many times, many times. But one, he said, the Raiders made a point to get Drake instead of drafting a backup running back in the fourth or fifth round. And with Jacob still hurt, Barber going down, Drake had one rushing yard or one rush with no targets. That's from Tom. And then he also said it was a rough game. Everyone knew the offensive line was going to be the Achilles heel. They caught the Ravens at a good time. Now Montgomery is out with the Bears. Six for six recovering their own fumbles. They're catching breaks but still don't see any better than seven to nine wins. That is from the always positive Tom again. And then Raider Gons in the 714 said uh, he had a couple points on his text. First point, my prediction was right, except it went in the Chargers' favor. I said Jacobs needed to get over 100 yards and defense needed an interception and four sacks. Eckler got 117, and defense got one interception in four sacks. Second point, they showed a piss-poor video of the Charger hype man interviewing Raider fans, but they made it seem like they were just talking bad on the city of Las Vegas. For a $5 billion stadium, it needs major updates as the Wi-Fi was out for most of the game. Power went out on one side of the stadium before the game started. Believe it or not, the, lo- the roof leaked, and I had some raindrops fall on me while I was waiting in my seat. Uh, let it out today, and time to move on to the Bears. Raiders, that's from Raider Guns and 714. And I'll say this, and I don't know if it's really public knowledge, but I'll just go ahead and throw it out there. Uh, There was a lightning strike last night uh, at the stadium, obviously. That's why they had the weather delay. There was actually a lightning hit the stadium 
lightning hit SoFi Stadium, and, uh, and they did lose power uh, at the stadium. So that was part of the reason why, uh, and that's why the NFL said, hey, we're going to do this weather delay. We're going to push back the, ki- the start of it. Wouldn't have um, Allegiant. So, <laughs> right? <laughs> As DeMond says, it wouldn't happen in the Legion. I agree. We were saying that uh, all last night while we were at the, at the OYO. We kept saying that. Wouldn't happen in the Legion. Wouldn't happen in the Legion. So that was kind of fun to say. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that was, that was part of the, the, the actual what happened at the stadium is that lightning struck the stadium. So that's why they were trying to get some folks up out of there, and uh, especially with that open air sides that they have. So uh, that's just kind of peeling the curtain back just a little bit. Uh, I know we got a lot of patient uh, Raider Nation waiting on the listener line, and we do appreciate that at 702-365-9200. Let's go out to uh, Marvin right here in Vegas. What's on your mind this afternoon, my man? Yeah, I appreciate you taking my call this afternoon. Yes, sir. Um, I got got a couple of things Uh one thing is uh, people is um, getting on Derek Carr's case for curling up or whatever, you know, when that pass is coming. He's, he got to protect himself, too. You know, mm-hmm. if the line ain't protecting him, he got to just go ahead and, 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 and fold up and not get hit. That's mm-hmm. almost like, you know, uh, somebody saying, oh, that fighter needs to go in there with his hands down and just let the guy just hit him in the chin a couple of times so he knock him out. Don't make no sense. Nope. Right. I, I, I do have a question for you, though. Okay. What do you think about John Gruden handing over to play the playbook to someone else? That way he can hold them accountable when they have some messed up play calls. Because right now his play call is, is crap, and he's not being held accountable. I mean, yeah, he takes accountability after the fact, you know, which was only this game really because we lost. All the other games that we had this season – those weren't no good play calls uh, uh, during those games either, you know. So, I, I, you know, what you think about that? Well, thank you for the call, Marvin. I do appreciate you. And I'll, I'll say this. I mean, you know, uh, John Gruden gets knocked a lot for his play calling. But, I mean, up until this game, the Raiders were scoring well over 20 points a game. Now, I get it. Hey, the red zone needs to still improve. You know, there's there's pockets. I, I'll, I'll, I feel like it's, it's being, because it, they lost yesterday, I feel like it's being put on that, hey, it's just, Everything that he's doing is bad. I don't think that's the case. I think that there are certain pockets of play calls here and there where you can say, you know what, that could have been a better decision. I, I didn't like early in, what, week one when Derek Carr was going for the uh, the sneaks uh, from from uh, the line of scrimmage. Now all of a sudden he's, like, mastered that. <laughs> all of a sudden now every time he does it, that works, you know. And so there are certain things that I don't like. I know my man Jason was hanging out with me last night as well. Uh, there was a play call, and he said, oh, this is going to be Josh Jacobs right at the middle. And it was Josh Jacobs right at the middle. And that, as Raider fans, we get kind of a accustomed to and we know what's coming uh, because you know we we sit there and and watch the game so much well these defensive coordinators they're you know they study they know what's coming as well so uh, you know there's certain things that need to be cleaned up a little bit I'll I'll say that for sure Uh, I know that in the preseason uh, before he is he has let Greg Olson maybe call some plays in in one of the preseason games I just think that that's John Gruden's thing he loves to call plays Uh, that's that's part of the 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 challenge the you know the chess match that he likes to do and I just think it is what it is. I mean, he's going to be that guy until he decides he doesn't want to be that guy. Uh, I think he does a good job of of letting it be known that it's on him. But, I mean, what else do you want him to say? <laughs> you know, I mean, he, he can only say so much before, I mean, you get it. You know, just like Derek Carr comes out and says, hey, that was on me. That was a bad throw. That was bad. Just like that Foster Moreau, that throw he made to Foster Moreau turned into a pick six. He put it on him. But, I mean, after a loss, nobody wants to hear, you know, hey, that's my fault or my bad or whatever. I had a football coach that told me one time, like, I, I said my bad. on I, I blew some coverage. And uh, he looked at me, and I said, my bad, coach. He's like, Q, nobody wants to hear my bad. I was like, yeah, you're right. 
You know, so I just stopped saying it uh, because, you know, it's just you got you to gotta make it happen. Nobody ever wants to hear, you know, my bad or any, any of that good stuff. So he'll, he'll be the play caller until he doesn't want to be the play caller. I guess that's what I'm basically trying to say. Let's get to one more call before we take a quick break. Let's go out to Rodney. What's on your mind this afternoon? Welcome to Unnecessary Roughness. Hey, how's it going, Q? Chilling, man, chilling. Yeah, so my son and I, we drove down from Logan, Utah, and went to the game last night, spent the weekend out in the L.A. area. And uh, about the only thing that was disappointing was the final results of the game. And uh, But it didn't change my mind on this team overall. It really just highlighted the one biggest concern I had was the offensive line. So, like, even in the wins, that was a concern. So we just, they got to be creative and find something there. I don't know, with being down to Jordan Simmons at right guard most of the game, or fifth guard, maybe it's time to get a little creative, move Leatherwood inside for a little bit. As he's struggling right side, and as much as I don't have a ton of confidence in Brandon Parker, Brandon Parker at right tackle might be better than Jordan, Jordan Simmons at regard. And they got to come up with something to make this offense be more what Gruden wants because that offensive line is really what's holding them back right now. And that's it. Just hope to find a way to get creative and find some solutions there. Otherwise, I'm still excited going forward, looking forward to them bouncing back and beating the Bears. Right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you, uh, Rodney, for the call. I do appreciate you. And talking about the offensive line, John Gruden did meet with the media earlier today. And, uh, DeMond, I want to play a quick clip from him uh, talking about considering all the options on the offensive line. Because, as you said, right now something has to give. Something's got to be changed. I don't want to just say you scrap the you know the whole idea of what you got and try to go out and get a free agent or go make a big trade because I don't even know what teams are giving a guy up right now uh, on the offensive line because, hell, they need they need their guys to uh, protect their quarterback as well. I've seen people say, well, go out to Jacksonville, go get a uh, you know one of their offensive linemen. They're not going to win any games. Yeah, well, they're not going to want to get their quarterback killed either. <laughs> so, you know, not too, not too many teams are going to be willing to just roll off their, uh, their, their really good offensive linemen so the Raiders can protect Derek Carr. But here's John Gruden talking about considering all options on the offensive line. We're considering all options, but we like, we like our linemen. We really do. You know, we did have, uh, you know, we, we did have some pretty good outings. You know, we're not going to hit the panic button. We got to keep coaching. We got to keep developing these guys. And, um, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, the medicine is, is, is what we all need. You know, we all need the taste of that that medicine, even though we don't like the taste. You know, you gotta you gotta get back to work. You gotta get back on the horse. You know, that horse will throw you off once in a while. And if you know anything about Bosa and some of these guys in this league, they're pretty good at throwing you off your horse. So you got to be mentally tough and keep fighting. So there's John Gruden right there talking about the offensive line and that they're considering all options, but they do like their guys. And look. Again, small sample size, four games. It's a 17-game season. There's a lot of games still left to be played. They still have to gel. They didn't get a lot of time to do that in, in training camp because, well, you're just not, you're not able to get that same kind of work as you know, wide receivers get work and DBs get work and quarterbacks get work. You just don't get that work in preseason and training camp like you would uh, in game time situations. So uh, when we come back, i got a couple more callers. Uh, Farouk, hold on. We're going to get to you off top. I also want you to hear what John Gruden had to say about Alex Leatherwood. We'll do that on the next side, uh, kicking off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.